welcome back to AI Ideas with Graham Culbertson, the show that tries to do a philosophy of AI that's halfway between poetry and mathematics. This is another edition of Bits and Bytes, a short exploration of an idea. This episode is mostly an exploration of a long quote from Cavell in an essay called The World as Things. And I'm calling this episode The Things of Our World. Cavell's essay takes collections, collecting things, as an important aspect of what it means to be human. I'll just start with the beginning of the quote and then work through my reading of it with you. Is the value we attach to things ineradicably compromised in its assumption of objectivity? The issue takes on various emphases in moral philosophy. It is essential to John Rawls' A Theory of Justice that, quote, As citizens, we are to reject the standard of perfection as a political principle, and for the purposes of justice, avoid any assessment of the relative value of one another's way of life. This democracy in judging each other's aims is the foundation of self-respect in a well-ordered society. Close quote. Before I go on with the Cavell, here's what I think he means here. In short, if someone else likes something, we should respect that. We can stipulate that it's something that is harmless for now, right? So it's not liking murder or violence or theft. And we'll worry about that whole issue uh, at some point in this podcast. We'll talk about through uh, John Stuart Mill, I think. But if they want to collect dolls or buttons or pieces of lint, it's fine. It's not better to collect Shakespeare than to collect romance novels. It's not better to prefer opera to pop music. It's not better to prefer The Wire to soap operas. It's all up to the individual. This is this democracy of judgment. Back to Cavell, and I think he's going to say more or less what I just said, but uh, in much longer and more beautiful, but also I think more difficult sentences. How sure are we that we know what constitutes the aims of the ways of life depicted in Jean Dielman or in the Glass Menagerie or in the Great Gatsby? A fundamental implication of the avoidance of relative judgment, call it the rejection of snobbery, that sibling of envy, is that the bearing of another's life cannot be measured beyond the requirements upon it of justice without seeing it from that other's perspective. This is emphasized in Christine Korsgaard's Rawlsian slash Kantian treatment, of the question of the objectivity of value when she takes as an example of questionable value one in which a collection figures essentially. In considering the question of whether value is subjective or objective, a Kantian is bound to measure the question by the formulation of the aesthetic judgment in Kant's critique of judgment, in which the claim to beauty is both a subjective and yet necessarily makes a comprehensibly universal claim. Necessity and universality being the Kantian marks of the objective. Basically, this is me stepping in here, Kant's claim is that if you find something beautiful and you're making a claim about something beautiful that's in the external world, the objective world, at least the world beyond you, you have to at the same time believe that it's beautiful in some sort of objective sense. You have to, according to Kant. So even as you respect other people's opinions about what is beautiful, you also, perhaps secretly, perhaps not so secretly, believe that your taste is the best. Oh, and obviously in moral judgments, you have to go farther and try and make the world fit your judgments. And by make the world, I mean 
through whatever means are morally necessary. In the aesthetic world, you do not have to try and turn the world into one in which everyone agrees with you, even though in some sense you do try and turn the world into one in which everyone agrees with you, but in a way that is much less, uh, let's say, forceful. Okay, back to Cavell talking about Korsgaard. So one can say the issue of conflict between the objective and the subjective, in aesthetic matters, as differently in moral, becomes a matter of how, as rational beings, we are to confront one another. Korsgaard takes the case of someone who collects pieces of barbed wire, presumably a rarefied taste, and asks, in effect, where the claim, if any, upon my respect for this activity is supposed to lie, in the sincerity of the passion for the wire, or in a property of the wire itself. No one else should be counted on to share the taste, and why be interested in someone who has it? A crucial point of moral order is involved for Korsgaard. Our respect for other persons must not await our respect for their ends. But on the contrary, respecting their ends must be a function of respecting them as fellow persons. This must be right. Okay, me again. What Cavell is arguing is that we have to respect other people first. We don't wait for someone to collect the same things, to love the same things that we do, before we respect them. On this, Korsgaard and Cavell clearly agree. But Cavell thinks we also need to go farther. This is a cold and gray world in which we would merely tolerate each other's interests. That weirdo collects pieces of barbed wire. I won't judge them because they are a person. But there's no mutual understanding there. Just the dimmest sense of toleration. So what we've got to do is somehow go farther than that and actually respect their ends. And yet, we don't have to go far enough that we actually love collecting barbed wire. How are we going to navigate this? Here's Cavell again. But what does respecting their ends come to? Given that it cannot require sharing their ends, as the case of barbed wire is designed to show, it evidently means something like finding the alien end comprehensible, seeing how it may be valued. A good society cannot depend upon our approval of each other's desires, but it does depend upon our being able and being willing to make ourselves comprehensible to one another. Here is where the idea of a collection plays an essential role. What interest this piece of barbed wire has may only be communicable in associating it with other competing pieces, to which a given piece may be taken to allude, comparing it with these others, perhaps, in its effectiveness, economy, simplicity, handling, or producibility. This may not succeed. It does seem that some minimum of the sharing of desire is required for reason to prevail. But then respect, or tolerance, should have a way to prevail in the absence of offerable reasons. It seems hard to imagine the members of a society flourishing in which their commitments to one another are based upon sheer indifference toward their differences. So to stop there, I take this to mean that the whole point of being a person is to, is to share our reasons with one another, to try to make ourselves intelligible to one another, to be able to explain how and why this collection of barbed wire matters. And even if you don't come to understand the other person, to understand their reason for collecting barbed wire, you can come to understand them as a fellow being engaged in the same project of making sense of the world, of collecting parts to make sense of it that you are. I'm not entirely sure that's what Cavell means. He's a very difficult thinker. 
But now I'm not going to resume the quote. Because at this point in the essay, Cavell quotes himself. And that quote is the quote I used at the very end of the introductory episode of this podcast. That sanity and community depends upon us being able to share routes with one another, of finding points of connection and disagreement, of forgiveness and outrage in, in the world of organism, in the forms of life. To put it in another way, in a very blunt, pragmatic way that I think Cavell never would, humans are odd creatures. We don't make sense in so many ways if we're seen by some sort of objective or godlike perspective. And so much of philosophy and, I think, research on AI is an attempt to create that objective or godlike perspective, to transcend these differences by ultimately, I think, eliminating the human. And such a project, first of all, strikes me as impossible for humans to achieve. I think it would also be impossible for machines created by humans to do. But the point is not that I think it's impossible. The point is that I think it's a bad idea. If you create a perfectly logical machine or program, you'll create one that will at best tolerate humans in that Rawlsian way. I accept that you are a person, and therefore I accept that you collect pieces of barbed wire because you are a person. End of story. But that would not be a machine that would love or one that we could love. That would not be a machine that collects anything. We're going to need to make AI that collects, that writes poetry, which is nothing but collections of words, that makes strange connections between things, which is another way of saying connections. I think actually the heart of this lies in my favorite of all genres of writing, the essay, of which Cavell is an amazing practitioner. But that will have to be a topic for another time. This has been another edition of Bits and Bites from AI Ideas. Please believe in other minds. <laughs>